His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. Thank you this morning for being the God that takes our hand. God, I thank you. I thank you for all you're doing for the new that we have to choose to believe for, but we do. And God, for the things you've taken us through. Thank you for gold sitting in these seats. We're worth a lot in Jesus' name. We're worth a lot. You know, um, we've been through several seasons, and it's kind of funny. We had the season where the Lord was teaching us about him being a loving father. Well, if you came out of the Bible Belt, then you came out of a lot of Old Testament teaching, and God was angry every day. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And so you grew up with a sense of stay away from the Father, Jesus is okay. And, And then all of a sudden the Father's going, no. No, I came to reveal, Jesus came to reveal the Father who's just like me, or I'm just like him, and so I'm this incredible love. If I died on the cross for you, the Father died on the cross for you. No, you've got it wrong. And so all of a sudden, this revelation started coming everywhere. And the song, Good, Good Father, came out, and I mean, it was like the revelation started, and everybody's going, Oh, my goodness, we've got this awesome father, and I've been adopted. How incredible is that? Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you, we're watching revival happening. There's an awakening going on that has been rolling like a big old snowball. It has. You know, they were talking about, you know, the kids worshiping here, and they're going to be ruined for any other. I said, there's a lot of kids getting ruined because you should have seen that crowd, and you should have seen. I mean, they were roaring lions, and they were after Jesus. And, I, I mean, it was, for me, it was like, oh, It's already begun. Look at this. Look all over the world. And, you know, we're part of BLN, and it's part of a a, a large network of of churches like us. And the average size church is about 50 to 75. And honestly, we're we're more than that. You know, Caleb and Jamati, they started. They're not real big right now, and I don't envy them. They're only six months old. And, dear God, Bless them. Lord, we bless them. We bless them in all the lessons you get to learn. But they have a group of amazing people with them, just like you. I told Ron, because we stood around and talked with him afterwards, I said, eh, they're just like our people. They're just wonderful. They're just good people that just love God. And they're going, well, we don't know what he wants to do, but we want to do it. And I was like, well, we don't know what he wants to do in Owen County, but we want to do it. Ron and I were sent here like missionaries. We really were. We were sent out. We were sent here. We had hands laid on us by elders, and we were sent out. And we came here, and we lived on faith, by faith, like missionaries. I remember when we didn't have enough money for a stamp on a a letter. You know, we did. We learned how. We made, he he started his business and made $3,000 the first year. And we had five children. You know, and yet God was faithful. Our house, we built it enough to get into it. And so we had, had um, oh, what do you, blankets for doors. And, and, you know, the kids would poke holes in the, in the 
and the insulation and I mean everything was written on you know it's amazing we ripped up some flooring not real long ago and found John's hands print handprints on it he goes I know I knew I did that right there you know I mean it was just like so we have a we have a family marked house that is amazing it's a house of love it's been it's been created but it was a house created by faith and we had to pray and we did pray and we believed and he took care of us and I'm going to tell you that Ron and I are the richest people on earth, so you're going to have to work to catch up with us. We're rich. We are incredibly rich because we found out who holds everything in his hands. And it is amazing. So we learned about this good father. Well, in the middle of all these lessons, he starts giving me the word Jeremiah 29, 11. Well, you know, you've heard that over the years. How many know that one? You've heard that over the years. But I want you to see what God said. Old Testament, this is God's heart. I know, this is God saying it, I know the plans I have for you. This is always the Father's plan, and it always will be. I know, I created you all, and this is the plan I have for you. All things we face on this earth, oh, wait a minute, wrong line, okay, always will be, plans to prosper you. God wants you enlarging. He wants you prospered. That's his heart. So you don't have to beg it. He wants it. It's, it's his. Enlarge you, bless you, and to give you hope in your wonderful future. You know, I was thinking of a situation, and you know, you hear testimonies, and then I've, I've heard situations where, uh, you know, in one of these, I just heard a testimony, and the man had been molested as a child, and so, therefore, he struggled, and he was a drug addict, and he was a mess. Now, it's okay that he walked through that. He finally found Jesus, but he put made hell for everybody else around him because he walked through that time, and, and he'll have to live with that. I mean, his wife, his children, it was, it was, but he did come back to the Lord. And the Lord said to me, teach him to choose me quickly. Teach him to choose me now. You can choose bitterness, you can choose pain, you can choose darkness, or you can choose Jesus. You have an alternative no matter what you're facing. Teach them, teach the children to choose me quickly. He's enough. He's enough. It doesn't mean you're not going to walk through those things and not have to deal with that pain. I did. But I chose him from the time I was little. I chose him. And, and do you know what we've been given, every single one of us? We've been all given the exact same thing. We all start out at the same level. You've all been given a choice. Every single one of you, it's a choice how you live, and it's a choice what you take hold of. Now, isn't that amazing? That is an incredible gift. So his plans are good, and he wants you to hope in a wonderful future. Romans 8, 28. And I, was, I think I was trying to think of memory verses I already know. <laughs> and we know that God works. And I love this. This is one of the translations, and it's just the God works. And I love that. And we know that God works. It's always a good father working. All things we face on this earth for good for us who love him and are called his sons and daughters. Okay, did you see what was different? And I know, God said, and I know what I've got for you to prosper you and give you a future and a hope. But I want you to know, and we know, that God takes everything that hits my life and uses it for good. 
And we know that's a choice, what you want to know. Jesus said, and this was Hannah's, I thought, Hannah, you, that was awesome. But Jesus said, he, the Father knows exactly what you need. You know, it's amazing when you make big lists, and he doesn't mind your big lists, I'm just telling you. But he already knows all you need. So seek him. Seek his face, his kingdom, his love and goodness and purity. And all the rest of your life, he will take care of you. Now, I think that's fun. I got a daddy that's taking care of me. And he knows all my needs. He knows everything I'm facing. You know, he's been meeting me in the night lately when I've had dark thoughts that I woke up with dark. I don't like dark and soup bents are dark and I'll wake up with dark thoughts. Anybody ever do that? Okay, no, you don't because you, you are not people who do that ever. But I did and I have. And I'll look at him and he will take those dark thoughts and turn them around for good every single time. And I am going, oh, my goodness, I just had power over that thing. I had power over that. You know, one of the big lies that I've had, and it's, it's part of pastoring and, and, and hearing all the ones that have gone through things and they've pastored people, and it's just people, taking all the blame. If, if, if people fall away from the Lord or end up hating you or walking away, it's all my fault. I didn't love him enough. If I'd have just loved him, I, I must have said the wrong thing. I didn't do the right thing. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. And then you start remembering th- some things you did that weren't perfect. And so then you start going through that. Oh, if I'd have just done. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, that is a lie. It's a lie. People choose. It's not you who chooses. You can present me every day of your, your life to that person, but they have to choose. You can talk about my love till you're blue in the face, but they have to choose to love. You can talk about forgiving and how freeing it is, but they have to choose it. And I went, oh, my gosh, another lie's just been broken. You're not responsible for anybody but yourself. And you can choose. Is that powerful? I think that's powerful. Every person on earth has trials. Life sorrows to, to overcome. Every person, everybody here could get up and give a testimony. Every single one by trusting the God of all creation. Every single one of you are. He said, he promised he would never, ever leave you. He said as much, you will have trials and sorrows. You know what? I hate the gospel that does not say that, that does not give you any out when you're walking through something because God must hate you or you wouldn't be walking through that. God must not like you because you wouldn't be going through that trial. And that's a lie. It's all a lie. The truth is that God said You will have trials on this earth because the enemy wants to own it. He's been defeated. And are you going to be my victorious ones? He's already been defeated. So what are you going to do about it? I choose. I choose you. I'm victorious because I choose him. You're victorious because you choose. It's a choice. 
He said that we would have trials and sorrows, but he also said to be happy and celebrate me. I've overcome the world. Now, that is one scripture about celebrate before you see it, okay? But here's another one. Celebrate before you see it. I asked the Lord because that's been my word of the Lord this year. Celebrate before you see it. And as I have done that, he has caused things to turn around better than I ever thought they could be. I have had so many turnaround situations. It is amazing. What I would call miraculous, incredible turnarounds. Celebrate before you see it is based on celebrating his goodness always. You see the bad situation, celebrate him. You see the hard things, celebrate him. Celebrate him before you see the goodness. Celebrate him. What can separate us from our loving God? Can troubles? Does some people. Hardships? Does some people. Broken relationships? Does some people. It's your choice. It's your choice. It's your choice. Hide food prices. Bills. Fearful situations, tragedies, and even death. No. Nothing. 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 Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. Am I excited? Ah. Uh. <laughs> Zach had written about me being a fiery preacher. I was like, really? And then I heard myself. And I have never listened to myself. I've never listened to one sermon. I just heard something where I was in the background. And I thought, oh, my goodness. <laughs> that woman has got a big mouth. That <laughs> <it> is me. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing can separate you. Nothing can separate you from the goodness of God. Nothing, 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 nothing. Never, 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 never. Not even your own sin. Not even your own fault. Nothing. Now, I'm telling you, you guys, we need to be evangelistic because that is the best news in the whole world. That we have been brought into the covenant by Jesus Christ. We've been brought into the fullness of God's love by Jesus Christ. And we have got something to share. A love that nothing can break. Nothing can tear down. Nothing. We will always taste victory, peace and joy through him who loves us. That's Romans 8.39. And then my song, and how many kids still remember it? Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, good good going. I'm going to tell you, the God of hope is celebrating before you see it. Hope is celebration. Hope celebrates before you see it. For I know the plans I have for you. You know what? He gave me that promise one time and then things went bad. And I thought, oh, you told me you had good plans. It's not done yet. Keep on choosing. Keep going. We're the longevity ones. Oh, I got to read this. I got to read this. I'm sorry. It was a reminiscence thing. It wasn't, I wasn't going to plan on it. But I just want to tell you, you're all leaders here. Every one of you. You all lead. And you're all amazing sons and daughters. And God says, I can do more when you rest in me than if you're working. Okay? 
So I was thinking about age. I was thinking about our contest and our age. And I was just thinking about it. And the Lord started showing me something. He says, do you know how much pleasure Father takes in the ones who've aged with him? Who've aged with him? Always trusting, always hoping, and always loving. Years and years of life, trials, faith, answers, and his overwhelming goodness. These are his beautiful young children. Now, I'm going to tell you, he's, his age is without end, so we're, we're just babies. And he loves every year that you've spent with him and trusted him and walked and fell, maybe and got picked up, but he loves it. I believe one of the victories, and this was, I I did share this, we already prayed this, but I I just want to say it again. One of the victories is facing your pain. I believe that you have to face it. You have to go after it, and you may cry. You know, I hate crying. I do. And I spent a whole season of crying this past summer. I did. I was like, I'm sick of this. And I know it was over all the things I'd walked through in the last couple of years. Ron with the cancer and the kids and John left. And, and it was just life for me, a mom. And as a pastor. And I cried. And I thought, Lord, this isn't a testimony. All I can do is cry. Oh, I can't. i, I got to stop crying, Lord. And you know what he told me? He said, you were letting go of your pain. Every one of those tears was letting go because you were looking at me, and I was healing you. And then one day, lo and behold, one day, all of a sudden I felt so much joy, and it hasn't stopped because he healed me. He healed me. And one of the healings was that my identity is in him. Not in all the things around me. Not even my husband, who I dearly, dearly love. I mean, he couldn't, he, this, this man right here is the best. So sorry, you all got second best, but he is the best. No, it's true. I love that I have having to write our story, and I love that we were little kids together. And we love Jesus, and he's loved Jesus as much as me, and we've run the race together. Isn't that incredible? And 25 years ago, when that angel visited me, he taught me how to let go of my pain. That's what he taught me. And then, LaVonda, I prayed with you, and I prayed with Marty after they lost their dad and, and husband. And, and, and over the years, over and over, what has the message been? You want to get well, let go of it. Now, I think you've got to cry. I think you've got to have some time of why am I, why am I crying? What's, what's going on here? And then there comes a place you've got to walk on. You got to. It wasn't the day David died that that happened. I had been grieving for a year. And I couldn't move. I was stuck when that angel visited me and said, you got to let it all go. He was doing so, so I didn't know it. I want you to give it all to me. Give me David. And you know what? This is an amazing one. I was on the toilet. Sorry, I was. I was sitting there on the toilet. And I'm sitting there. And all of a sudden, I realized I haven't seen David for 25 years. It's been 25 years. I know him as well today as I did. 
And oh my gosh, I haven't lost anything. He's in heaven with you, Jesus. And then I saw Jacob and I saw Rachel and I was just, it was a wonderful time on the toilet. (laughs) It was. I was like, I'm having a visitation on the toilet. Glory to God. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) That was true. One of the reasons I didn't want to write a book about my life is because I've had so many hard things, lots of them. You know, I'll read a book about this and a book about this and a book about this, and I can put them all together, and they're all mine. (laughs) And I was like, wah, I don't like that. But you know what? Every time the kids put give words to me, they'll say, you're a fountain of joy. You have just got so much joy. You're a fountain of joy. Where do you think it came from? I let go of the pain, and it gave me joy. I got a piece of heaven in me. You all can have the peace of heaven. Joy. I would really have no story if I couldn't have let go to him. I just had a sad tale. You can read a lot of them and just get the news out. Jesus said, love God and love people. Our lives call all of us. If we didn't do that, we weren't his disciples. He also said, forgive. He was the power. Then the world would know we were his disciples. We're called to love. you got to find your tribe. He pulled us into a tribe in Owen County that I wouldn't change for anything in the world. I thank God for the relationships we've made here and for watching years of them raising their families and walking together. He pulled us here, and he gave us a tribe. I'm doing a lot of studying of churches and pastors and stuff like that, and Steve Backlund said the ideal church is no more than 120. He said, because you got to get to know each other to really grow up. He said, you got to know their faults to love them. You got to know that they're not perfect. You got to know that they're real. And you watch them walk through things in reality. And you walk through and you love each other. And you just forged a deeper chain walking together. That's the tribe. And honestly, if you listen to Bethel at all, they're all a tribe that's forged that chain. They are. That's what's happened. They were together for years. The kids were raised together. I thank God that he's done that. And he has a glorious work in this area. We're forged here to go out and evangelize and save everything around us. And to believe God wants to. I think that was it. God called us, made made his body into cells or families. And he was talking about the ideal tribe where you all know each other. You have to grow up. He said marriage makes you grow up, doesn't it? And you have to truly strengthen each other. You know, you can go not married and nobody really ever confronts you. But you start getting married or have a day-in, day-out relationship of somebody else using your toothpaste. And, you know, everyone needs a tribe to plan in and grow up into all things. God made it that way, to grow up into love. And then the tribe shows his love to the world around them. The tribe does. I loved it because they were talking about the people, and I thought, our whole church is leaders. It just is. You all lead. You you, got to understand, when 
when you live with God and the voice of God, you lead. Everywhere you are, you're leading. You know, maybe you don't have a title here. <coughs> maybe, the, I don't know if we, any of us got titles, but maybe you don't have a title. But it doesn't matter. Who you are still leads. And you're amazing, sons and daughters. And I'm not just saying that. You know I'm not, because I don't just say things. I'm definitely not a flatterer. I don't believe in it. Anyway, so i got to find my page. That was not the page. Yep. <clears throat> this is, this is um, qualifications for leadership. And I, I loved this. So I'm going to read them because I believe it fits us all. I cannot trust any belief or conclusion in my life that doesn't have hope attached to it. Okay, number one. I cannot trust any belief in my life that doesn't have hope attached to it because you are part of the gospel and the body of Christ. And if you're going to lead, then you've got to believe that there's not just hope, but there's great hope attached to your life. Two, if it's not glistening with hope, it's not God. Your thoughts. If your thoughts are negative and not glistening with hope, they're not God. They're not God. They're not. And the quicker you learn the lies that you're listening to, the quicker you get rid of them. So hope is a good, um, is a good meter for you. Do I have hope there? Three, there's always a solution in God. Even when it looks like a failure, with God it's not, but a place to trust and know he has a solution. There's always a solution in God. Always. It may not be turning out the way you wanted it to, but God will bring it for good. There's always a solution in God. Always. So you're not at the end of your rope saying, I have no solution. There's always a solution in God. This is part of leadership. That solution has hope in the supernatural God and celebrates before they see it. I add that. (laughs) Three, my beliefs are important. My mind, my true thoughts make up who I really am and what I do. What I believe is more important than what I do. What I believe is more important than what I do. Because what you believe is what you'll do. Four, I'm a great leader and I'm doing a great work. Ooh, I want you to all say that. I'm a great leader and I am doing a great work. We're going to do it again. I'm a great leader and I am doing a great work. That is the truth. The people I lead are amazing, sons and daughters of God. Whoever you're leading, whatever you're leading, they're going to be sons and daughters of God because they see you. Okay, so here's the story. And I just love this. This was the scripture, too. It's Nehemiah 6. And Nehemiah has been building a wall. Nehemiah is doing the work of God. Nehemiah is in a place of longevity, and he's been doing a work, and it's all of our lives. It's a work. 
He's got enemies around him. He's got situations around him, but he's just doing the work. And the people are doing a work because they've got a mind to work. Okay? So here's, that's the situation that's going on. When Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard I had built up the wall and that there was no breach left in it, the wall got built, although at times I had not upset, set up the doors to the gates. So the walls are set. There's been a foundation laid over this work, but the doors aren't totally in place yet. And what was that word this morning? God is opening up new doors. He's putting the doors in place. So here he is, and the doors aren't totally in place. So when the doors aren't totally in place, the whole work isn't going to happen yet. So anyway, Sanballat and Geshem sent to me saying, come. And this happens every time when you're moving forward. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages in the plain of Ono. And you know, honestly, I believe that God made that word exactly what he meant it to be. He didn't care about what translation it was or what, what time. It's the valley of, oh, no. It, oh, no, it's snowing out. We're all going to not make it home. You know what? The newscasters live on the, oh, no. They get people watching. Ooh, our ratings were really good tonight. They think a big storm's coming, but it's going to blow away, and we're not going to have it in, so, oh, no. You know, the news, news is focused on Ono. Gossip is focused on um, Ono. I told, I told Ron I was reading a, a thing about gossip, and it said, when there's no more gossip, the fire goes out. Do you realize what, everything that you do in secret, in secret, don't tell anybody, but, 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 did you know that you're just igniting fires? But when those words stop, and we don't believe in gossip in this place. We don't. We speak good about each other. But when the, when the gossip stops, and gossip can be your offense that you've got to say what they did wrong. That's gossip. When it stops, the fire goes out. And I told Ron, I said, that's the hidden sin of the church, not, not ours. It's just the church. Because it's hidden. We can just hide it with talk that nobody else has to know. But the fire keeps raging of divisions and junk. And I've watched it over the years when I just go, I don't want to hear it. I don't need it. You know, I don't even want to hear all the newscasts on what kind of snow we're going to have either because I don't believe them. When the fire goes out, when the gossip stops, the fire goes out. You know, I've loved, I've loved President Trump. I believe he's such a man of God, and he's, he's, he's a man sent by God, and everything that I've ever asked for is being answered. And I'm telling you, he's helping reform our nation. And I believe if he wasn't here in this hour to reform this nation with the 50 million or so babies that we've murdered and the conscience that we have had in this nation, uh, America would, would be a has-been soon. But I believe we're about to see a revival and a turnaround. And the blood of Jesus is going to cover our gross sin. Way more gross than Germany. Way more. And God is moving in that place. But what is that that's answers to prayer? Is that incredible? And what I love about him is the gospel will start one day. It's on the news and it's gone. 
And it's like, if he doesn't pay attention to it, if he doesn't bring it back up, if it doesn't, it just goes out. We as the people of God have got to have the word of God on our lips and not the Ono. Okay, I'm going to tell you something else about the Valley of Ono. It is a valley of fear. It always paints a scenario that is dark. Come on down to the Valley of Ono. I'm going to tell you what's going to really happen here. And you think the enemy doesn't? That's the stuff I hear in the night that's dark. Hey, I'm whispering to you in the Valley of Ono. And then the Lord's going, no, it's all a lie. Don't go down there. Don't even go there. I have good for you. 7,000 times more, and I'll tell you that one another time, but he has good for us. And it says, but they intended to do me harm. Always, oh no, is harm. So I sent messengers to saying to them, I'm doing a great work. Let's say it again. I'm doing a great work. I'm doing a great work. I'm a child of God and I'm doing a great work. My life is a great work. I'm doing a great work, and I can't come down. Now, wouldn't that be fun if all of us are there? I'm doing a great work, and I can't come down. I'm doing a great work, and I'm not going down. It's a choice. I send messengers to them saying, I'm doing a great work, and I can't come down. Why should the work stop while I leave to come down to you? They sent to me, now how how many know that you've stopped that voice before? It says, they sent to me four times this way, and I answered them every single time. I believe until the door shuts, Teresa. (laughs) I'm sorry, we're not having anniversaries here anymore. Once the door shuts, and what is it? It was the doors. They were putting doors up on the walls. Once the door shuts to those lies. I'm not going down there again. I know that I've never seen a solution to that. I know that I've not known that, but God is bigger than what I've seen. And he has a solution, and I'm not going to the valley of Ono. And it says, Then Sanballat sent a servant to me again, and an open letter of accusation of everything you're doing, and you're rebelling, and you're a mess, and you're a... Anybody ever had that come at you? Okay. So now it's a written letter. I've had written letters before, too. Anyway, you know, it just has happened. So what are you going to do? And this is what he did. He said, no, such things as you say are being done. I've not been doing it. You're inventing them out of your own heart and mind. And the devil does that. And sometimes our minds have come into agreement with that for years. And so we invent things. So we need to get out of the Valley of Ono. Valley of Ono, you're not allowed in my mind. I'm not living there. For they all wanted to frighten us. They were trying to make us afraid, saying their hands will be weakened in the work and it will not be done. Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. Let's stand. The enemy has tried to make you afraid and tell you that you have to live in the valley of oh no. It's time to shut the doors.
It's time to shut the gates. And they did. And he said, for they were trying to make us afraid so their hands would be weakened in the work they were called to do, and it would not be done. Every one of you has been called to a work. Put your hands out at your work. You've all been called to a glorious work in Christ Jesus. Every single one of you. And the enemy has fought you. Because if you're a saint, you've been fought. That's it. If you're, if you're his, then you deal with warfare. But he's a liar. And he's not going to stop the work in you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, who says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I declare the strengthening of God in the hands of your people. I declare that the walls and the gates and the work are not only not going to be hindered, but it be accomplished far more than any of us have ever imagined. So we thank you that you are working far more than we can imagine or think. And I thank you for strength in all of us right now. Thank you, miraculous God, that you have strengthened your body. Thank you for the work of God that is going to be manifest in every single one of us here. We bless the harvest. We bless the harvesters. We bless the work of God. We bless the words of God. We bless the power of God in your people. Wherever they go, whether it's the grocery store, the places of work, wherever they go, the power of God. And I thank you for solutions that we are not living in the valley of Ono. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message.